Here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. What is going on? Welcome to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold. This is Steffi Smalls. We are here to preview the NFL Week 11 Best Bets, our betting preview. Steph, how are you doing on this Wednesday afternoon? I'm doing good. I'm cold. It's snowing, but it's all right. We'll heat it up here with some, some good bets for Week 11. You know what that means? It means you're staying inside. It means more time to focus on gambling. That means we've got the locks incoming this week, Week 11. Let's get to the lines. Right now, first game on the board Thursday night football. The Tennessee Titans plus three at the Green Bay Packers. Total set at 41. Do any of these lines jump out to you with the Packers coming off of a massive win, potentially a season-saving win against the Dallas Cowboys last week? And the Tennessee Titans, no one's paying attention to them. Just keep cruising along, keep winning games. This is what they do. This is what the Braville teams do. So which side do you like on Thursday night? This game is interesting to me because you have a team that is finding ways to win versus a team that just found like nearly their first way to win. They've been like finding ways to lose the entire season. Can this be enough for the Packers to get hot? I'm kind of in on that. I actually kind of like the Packers minus three. I don't know that the Packers can do enough to fully save their season to where they probably would want to go. But I think that if they continue to involve Aaron Jones the way that they've been increasingly doing, I think that they, I think they can cover the minus three. Yeah, I'm very torn here because I think this number is going to go to plus three and a half. I'm, I'm fairly confident about mm-hmm. that by the time we get to kickoff tomorrow. The public's going to be on the Green Bay Packers, yet I feel like I want to bet the Packers too. So if you want to bet the Packers, I would say go ahead and do it right now, minus three, minus 115 at DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Lock that number in before it moves to three and a half. At three and a half, I kind of like the Titans. It's just kind Me of too. What they do, they're gross. I think this line, it probably ends at a three. Packers, you know, this is the first week in a while that they've had good juju in the building. It feels like maybe they unlock something in the offense with Christian Watson. Aaron Jones is more involved. Even A.J. Dillon, I think, had 65 rushing yards last week. He did look like a complete bum. Maybe that's a good thing. And the Titans, you know, they keep continuing to win. But last week, they basically won on one flea flicker. And Derrick Henry got the ball. Is that a sustainable model to win long-term against quality opponents? And I would say the Green Bay Packers are at least a quality opponent at this point, especially at Lambeau Field. It's tough. I really don't want to bet. I kind of do like the over 41. I know that on Island games, Thursday Night Football, we're supposed to bet towards the under, but 41 to me seems pretty low. Yeah, I agree there also. And I think that one thing that we have seen, and I don't think that this is going to change, is you have been able to run all over this Green Bay defense. So I think that Derrick Henry could have a very good game here. And if that's the case, again, like I only like it at three to reiterate that. If this moves at all, then I'm I'm out. Like I'm not interested. That's as much as I'm willing to put my trust into this Green Bay team. They need to do a little bit more. Luckily for them, they don't have a horrible schedule coming up. Um, but staying at home, getting the momentum, I can see it happen, but again, anything more than that, the t- we know the Titans, like you said, they're frisky, they're gross, they're annoying to bet on, and they end up getting the job done. So, I will say this as a player prop, everyone is going to be all over Christian Watson this week, which mm-hmm. means you know exactly what to do. You fade all the Christian Watson player props. Receiving yards, right. receptions, you have to do it. You just all have it. to do it. All right, let's get to the Sunday slate. Cleveland Browns plus eight and a half at the Buffalo Bills. Total set at 41 again. 
We are expecting a lot of snow in Buffalo. And when I say a lot, I mean, like, remember the LaShawn McCoy game where he was the only one who could run through the snow a couple years ago? We're talking about that level of snow. Like, so I'm not sure which side this benefits. Personally, I think that right now, if you think the snow leads to a running game, that means that this should be all over the Cleveland Browns at plus eight and a half. But if we don't get any snow for some reason and the weather changes, Buffalo minus eight and a half seems like a bargain at this point because of how bad, bad the Cleveland Browns defense is. So really, this is like a weather report game to me. Otherwise, I'm not ready to make a decision yet. Yeah, I'm with you because I really did like the Browns to cover last week and that totally went to shit. They allowed 500 yard, total yards and 39 points to Miami here. Now they have to face Buffalo. Um, I think the weather at least is luckily in the in Cleveland's favor because I don't think that they could keep up with a high-scoring game like we just saw with Minnesota and Buffalo. Like, I don't think that Cleveland is ready to stay in a game against a team like Buffalo um, right now, uh, whether they can pull it together or maybe. But I, if it is crappy weather, we'll be looking at some Singletary props. I think that we saw that game last year against New England. Um, but for some reason, Buffalo still just refuses to realize that you need to run the ball outside of using your quarterback as a running back. So um, would be interested to see what Singletary's line is at. They did this last year, too, where it was like just about this time. I'm actually going to go back and look. It was around this time, and they just started using Singletary again. Like he even in fantasy, like he started he was relevant from weeks like 12 on. Um, so are, do they do that again? Maybe, but I don't feel very confident. I think probably just watching the weather and seeing what happens, but 31 inches of snow. I don't know about that. <laughs> so yeah, Singletary, when he's been utilized this year, I feel like he's been very effective and kind yeah. of an underrated fantasy piece. So I would not be surprised to see them lean on him a little bit more in this game against Cleveland. Uh, I'm torn. I'm going to wait on the weather report a little bit more. I think that you could probably safely Take Buffalo from eight and a half to two and a half as a teaser piece. Mm -hmm. Even if you want to go to two as a six and a half point teaser, I'm fine with. Otherwise, probably a stay away from me right now. I guess the last question I have on Cleveland is, Deshaun Watson's able to practice with the team again this week. So his first day was, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday. Do you think that him taking away first team reps is going to hurt them for the next two weeks? Or do you think for sets of pro, it doesn't really matter. These guys don't really practice during the week anyways. Uh, it shouldn't matter at all. It's going to be a weird transition. Like, I also could totally see Jacoby just, like, playing out of his ass until Deshaun takes over. Like, maybe that's the case. Um, I mean, it's got to hurt in some way. And another thing that people are forgetting, like, we haven't seen Deshaun in how long? Like, he has not played football in a very long time. I get that, you know, you could stay fit. And there's it's still different than playing. He's also going to be facing a lot playing at some of these stadiums. The crowd is not going to be nice towards him. He's going to have a lot to overcome during these games. So it'll be interesting how this team is able to, um, you know, work around that. All right, let's head to the next game, which is the Philadelphia Eagles, minus six and a half at the Indianapolis Colts. Total set at 43. Jeff Saturday, best coach in the NFL. Who saw that shit coming? He's part of the science experiment. Oh, that was the ultimate science experiment. You won that now. Yeah. What do you think about this game? I mean, Eagles coming off of a Monday Night Football loss. Colts coming off of this big win. The Eagles have been, you know, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson torched them on the ground. JT looked great last week. Jeff Saturday challenged the offensive line, probably tweaked a couple of things uh, about how they're operating on offense. Matt Ryan came in. He looked like a pro. He always does. But, again, it's the Las Vegas Raiders defense. Like, how much am I taking right. from that game and that performance? The Eagles, 
you know, they, they lost. They lost to a divisional opponent. They lost at home. They didn't look good. They're different defense when Jordan Davis isn't on the field. But mm-hmm. I still feel like this is a really, really good, confident team. I like the Eagles' first half. And I think that that's six and a half. I, I'm, like, tempted to, like, fade fade Indy at this point. Everyone's all over Jeff Saturday. And I get it. It was an impressive performance. And listening to him in the locker room, he definitely sounds like a coach in, like, that kind of Mike Vrabel mode. But the Eagles are still the Eagles. They're a very talented team. Yeah, and I mean this in the nicest way, but I feel like this is a very, what I'm going to call, like, the village idiot game where, like, the public is all on this narrative and this story, and we like this hype guy that just Saturday is. But, again, like, while Philly finally is showing their flaws, told you guys on the show, they were either losing to the Texans or losing to Washington. Like, it was coming. They have looked beatable, and Washington was able to take advantage of their weaknesses. And yes, I think, thank God, JT is back. He, football is better when we, well, he's not back yet. He had a very good game. So we'll see what he can do against Philadelphia. Um, but I'm not, I, I'm not trusting the Colts. Like there's a little bit of luck. And you played the Raiders who are arguably one of the worst teams in the entire league. Like they are very, very bad. Indy's O-line actually looked functional. But again, like the, it's not like the Raiders get, a lot of pressure anyway so I don't know how much of that is like just the Raiders being shitty so I'm with you I am not interested in in anything in me this game outside I cut I kind of like the over 43 also I I don't trust yeah. the Colts defense I, they, they got torched last week I think AJ Brown could have a big day kind of like Devonta Adams had last week um and especially coming off of a one catch seven yard performance or whatever it was mm-hmm. uh seems like this could be a bounce back AJ spot for sure. So I think that I'm going to end up on the Eagles here. I'm not going to really like it, but I like the village idiot game idea. That's a cool one. Keep that in your back pocket for the okay. future. All right. Let's get to the Jets and Patriots. Jets plus three in New England. Total set at 38 and a half. That line is hilariously low. But last time they met, 22-15 or I believe 22-17, something like that. So it ended at 39. Um, I like the Patriots a lot in this game. They're minus 115 right now at DraftKings. Get this before it moves to a three and a half. Kind of like the over. Um, both teams coming off of a bye. You give Bill Belichick two weeks to prepare for a guy like Zach Wilson. Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> this is all about the Patriots in this game. And we saw last time. Their defense absolutely shut down Zach Wilson. I think it happens again. Give me the Patriots last three. Yeah, I am 100% with you here. Um, the, the AFC East is hilarious now. Like It has just turned into, I don't know what's going on. Um, they won last time because Zach Wilson was awful, but also Bill Belichick is probably licking his lips at this game. He does very good against these type of like volatile guys, exactly like Zach Wilson, that is indecisive. And, I mean, he can make a mistake like no one else and it's very costly and we saw what happened i think again like coming off by this is gonna end up coming down to the defenses who wins this game i think is because they had the best defensive performance i'm just trying to see in what world i think both of these teams could score 20 points but then again my gut's telling me because they didn't do it last time it's going to be a classic matchup where like this ends up being like one of the high scoring games of the week. So um, I am also in on that over there, but give me Bill Belichick. I'm not, I'm not ready to give my money to Zach Wilson yet. Let me tell you that. Bill Belichick off a bye with as a short home favorite every time. I don't care. Every time I'm going to keep sending it. All right, let's get to New York giants. Detroit lions plus three at the giants total set at 45. Lions, frisky two wins in a row. Giants, 
seven and two. Looks like they can move to eight and two. Unbelievable. They just continue to churn out these wins. I know that their schedule has been absolutely dog shit, but you know what? You can only play against opponents that the NFL schedules for you, mm-hmm. and they are getting the job done right now. I, I expect this to be a close game. I expect it to be a – well, I was going to say low scoring, but 45 against the Lions defense. Maybe this is like a breakout game for DJ and Saquon has mm-hmm. another huge day. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of you – know, I'm talking myself in the over. I like the over 45. I don't know about the game. I feel like it's going to end as a field goal game. Yeah, I think, again, like, this line is totally fair. I think it's exactly where it should be. I think the Giants are basically very much in some ways, like, not comparing their rosters, but, like, the Vikings where they're just finding ways to win the game at the end. Like, but the Giants are just – they're playing very simple, very clean football, and they're leaning into their opponent's weaknesses. And this will be the first time where they probably get a better – can pass the ball. They haven't needed to do that. They just use Saquon because they they played horrible rushdies. The Lions are just a shitty D in general, no matter what way you chop it. Um, I think the three is nice here. Again, don't bat my team. I also would lean the over here because I think this is the best opportunity that the Giants are going to have this season to score a lot of points. Like you look at their last five games, it's like the four the four plus margins of victory. Like they're not they're not dominating anyone. I think Detroit, it's very sweet how they're acting like like they won those two games and it's as if they won the Super Bowl, which is actually really sad and pathetic. Like you didn't do anything that exciting. And like Dan Campbell is nearly crying in the locker room. So I just I love for them that they're excited. I just think that the, the Giants and the way the defense is playing, and if they get a couple of these other guys back, that um this will be a close game, but like the other games, the Giants should win. Give me the Detroit or the New York Giants team total over 24. Yeah, that's going to be a bet that I make in this game. All right. Carolina Panthers plus 12 and a half at the Baltimore Ravens. Total set at 41 and a half. Do we have confirmation that this is going to be a Baker Mayfield start for the Panthers? I, that's what it sounds like because it's not going to be. I think Walker has the high ankle sprain, and I don't think that they're going to intend on playing Sam Darnold, but uh, I don't know that Baker Mayfield is any better. Okay, so let's say that this is a Baker Mayfield game against Baltimore. Baltimore coming off of a bye. I'm not sure if Mark Andrews is going to be back or not. Something to watch mm-hmm. in this game. But, man, I, I can see Baltimore laying the smack down in this one. Off a of bye, Harbaugh has two weeks to prepare for Carolina. Uh, that doesn't seem great. So I'm going to take Baltimore team total over. I'm going to take the over 41.5. I think that Baker can put up enough points, a, a team that he's familiar with playing in the Ravens. Uh, probably avoid the minus 12 and a half, but I'm going to bet for sure the Baltimore Ravens minus seven first half. Yeah, I am with you. I think that Baltimore is going to lay the smack down on this team. Like, I think it's going to be just as brutal as when they just played the Bengals. Like, I think this game's going to get gross for Carolina. Don't like double digits. You're never going to get me to bet it. Will I take Baltimore straight up in some type of parlay? Probably. Baltimore's coming off a bye, and their schedule, like, is incredibly easy. I actually, I have not, I don't remember last time I did this. I stashed Baltimore Ravens defense in in, in some of my like high money leagues. Like I actually stashed them because I think that they are a awesome play in fantasy. Um, Baltimore defense should, you know, they looked improved. They have Rokon Smith there. Uh, But face it, like Carolina sucks. Their defense is whatever. And Baker sucks. I just don't know how they're going to keep up with Baltimore, who is ultimately a, on paper, great team. Absolutely. So we're all over the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. 
in the. Is this game. when they get hot? Is this when they get hot? I think it's when they get they... hot this game. Dude, the Baltimore Ravens, I said this before the season, and now it seems like it may be a realistic opinion. Do the Baltimore Ravens somehow sneak out the number one seed in the AFC? I would love it, especially for my bank account, but I would love it. <laughs> I think there's a chance. Uh, look, Buffalo's 6-3. and three. They got issues. I know they have the tiebreaker, but we don't know how Buffalo's going to look the rest of the year. They're injured all over the place. The Kansas City Chiefs look like the best team in the NFL right now, but mm-hmm. AFC West, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Chargers game this week. I would still put money on the Chiefs to be the number one seed, but I think it's realistic to think that the Ravens come close to running the table on this deal and end the season at 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. Yeah, I very much think the AFC – I think the AFC and the NFC are actually still up for grabs. Like, I think, like, there probably will be a little bit more of a clear picture. I think there's a clear picture, but I think the gap between, like, who we thought was going to be there to now is much smaller. Like, that gap is closing in on some of these teams – um, and a few of these teams could make a run for it. And I think Baltimore is one of them. Wait until we get a Baltimore-Miami Super Bowl. <laughs> I just, oh, my I, gosh. Can you imagine? I have this, like, weird – it's somewhere in my gut. I'm just like, I'm getting Baltimore-Miami in the Super Bowl. Somehow it's going to be really Lamar weird for us. I wonder what the odds are at. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. I bet it's pretty far down the board. He's going to have to show out yeah. the next eight games of the season. But it's possible. All right. Uh, Washington Commanders minus three and a half against the Houston Texans. Total is set at 40 and a half. Lock it in. Houston Texans plus three and a half. Grossest dog on the board this week. You know we're doing it. This is what we do. Yes, we fucking are. I'm all it. Listen, I said the commanders. I get it. Like, I think that the commanders are a tougher team than people think. I don't care. I think that they just had to give their absolute all to beat Philly. Like that was the commanders going full force as hard as they can play every trick up their sleeve that they have. Like I don't, we've seen Houston saying games, Houston almost beat the Eagles. It happened. We saw, we all saw it. They were, they stayed in that game uh, until the very end there. And Washington like should be able to limit the Houston, like Houston's offense and, and run the ball on them, of course. But I don't like. I just Houston's gonna pull this out. They're they're too feisty, and now like it's just funny too because they just beat the Eagles, and then Houston can beat them, and then yeah. Give me that Houston first half money line, a hundred percent. Obviously, I'm gonna sprinkle for the full game at plus one forty, but I think the Commanders coming off the Monday Night Football win against the Eagles, traveling to Houston, they are gonna come out sleepy slow all day. Also, do we know what the Carson Wentz Heineke thing is gonna be? Because he's eligible to come back this week. I've, and they asked about it on Monday Night Football. I feel like there's going to be some, maybe some weird internal turmoil going on there this week. So can you, I'm, it's so funny because like, this is exactly what happened when he was freaking on the Eagles. Like everyone just needs to leave Carson Wentz. Someone just tell him that he is a backup quarterback. Like, can we admit that he's not a starter in this league? He is not good. Like, it's fine. I think he could be one of those great backup quarterbacks. But Heineke is balling out right now, and you can't – I hate when people say balling out, but he is. He's he's playing out of his ass right now, which apparently is my phrase of this show because I've said it like four times. <laughs> um, but I think that Heineke deserves to continue playing unless he shows you otherwise that he should not. His his chemistry with McLaurin is fantastic. Like, we're, we're, you don't get that with Wentz on the field. Yeah, I don't know in what world you think that Carson Wentz is a better option for your team right now than Taylor Heineke is. So I just ride, ride with the Heineke, baby. Ride yeah. with the Heine. All right, let's go to Chicago, plus three and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. Total is set at 50 in this game. 
minus 115 towards the Bears at that plus three and a half. This is the fishiest line of the week. I think that everyone is going to be on the Chicago Bears. I want to be too after what I've seen from Justin Fields. Looks like the best player in goddamn football right now. But I'm so scared of this three and a half. I don't know why it's three and a half. Chicago is like such a layup bet in my mind that I'm almost like convincing myself why I should bet on Atlanta and the under of 50. I'm betting on Atlanta. I already bet okay. on Atlanta. <laughs> All and right, I don't there we care. Go. I think exactly like you said, this is so fishy. I think this, even this total, everything about this is a total overreaction to me. Like I get it. Justin Fields has been phenomenal. Like we know that. He also gets to play on turf. Like, this is very exciting. We are all thrilled that we get to do this. Atlanta's still, like, 5-0 their last five games against the spread. They have – if you ignore last week, which was absolutely horrendous, like, Mariota looked – I hope we see Desmond Ritter if he plays like that again. Let's say that. But I think maybe, like, if Atlanta can put some pressure on fields and they can play like they did towards the beginning of the season, like – Chicago is still Chicago to me. Yeah, that defense is getting run over all over the place. Yeah. At, Atlanta's defense, I mean, Atlanta's defense definitely isn't good. Um, so I expect Fields to have a big day. But if Chicago's defense is going to allow 35 points a game and you're going to allow them to do whatever they want to do, guess who's going to shorten the game? It's exactly what the Tennessee Titans do. The Atlanta Falcons yeah. do the exact same thing. They're going to shorten the game. They're going to limit the amount of opportunities that Fields has on the field. They're probably going to force a turnover or two. And they're going to end up winning this game like 24-17. And everyone's going to be like, well, what I love the under. Yeah. I think the guy is way too high. I get it. I know what Justin Fields has done. I'm not interested. Like, you're not catching me on this one. All right. So this is officially the fishiest game of the weekend. We're going to be on the Atlanta Falcons. (laughs) Also, minus 115. You might get a three. So I'm saying if you like Atlanta, wait for the three. If you can get the three, fantastic. All right. Let's get over to New Orleans. Rams plus four and a half. At the Saints, total set at 38 and a half. Do I have to talk about either of these teams or can we just pass this? I don't know what to do. I don't know who's starting quarterback for either team in this game. The Saints at home, I guess if you want to put them in like a money line parlay, minus 205 is fine. This Rams team might as well quit and fold it in. McVay can start looking for his next job. Uh, Cooper Cup's going to, there's no reason to bring him back this season at all. Same with Stafford if he's having an elbow issue like he did at the beginning of the season. I don't know. I just fold it in for both teams. I, I, these teams suck. Like they, they're both really fucking bad teams. Who's playing? I just want to know who's playing quarterback. You'd think that Stafford's going to be back. And it's funny. Cause I don't think I care. <laughs> like I actually genuinely don't think it makes a difference for me and how I'm going to be handling this game. Is there some value maybe on the Saints money line? Maybe a little bit at home. I just, I don't know what they're doing there. If Winston is healthy, why is he not playing? Rams are three and six right now. They're in last place in the NFC West. Their schedule blows moving forward. Like, just yeah. hang it up. You have Cooper Cup out. And, and you know, New Orleans was missing, like, part of the left side of their own line. They also got outcoached by fucking Matt Canada, which is, like. That's saying something. That is just, yeah. Like, you should get in timeout or get fined from the league if you get outcoached by Matt Canada. Um, so I don't have a strong feeling here. 38 and a half. I lean the under here because I don't know how either of these teams are going to get remotely close to this total going over. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move past this game because I don't want to talk about no, it anymore. It's so yeah. gross. The Raiders plus three at the Denver Broncos. Total set at 41 and a half. 
I bet the Denver Broncos already at minus two and a half just because I thought that it was going to move to three. It did. It may end up moving back to two and a half in this game. That under 41 and a half seems intriguing. Uh, I know the Raiders can score a little bit, but and they give up shit on offense, but the Broncos are really good on defense and really, really, really bad on offense. I don't know what to do with this game. I, I guess I lean towards Denver at home, tough place to play, and the Raiders just seem like a complete mess, but maybe I'm fading the Raiders at the wrong time. I don't know. I think that there is something to Denver being one of the best like home field advantages in the league. And Carr was fucking crying after the Raiders lost to Jeff, like to Jeff Saturday. The Raiders are a disaster. Derek Carr is crying. He cried. Like it's that's I don't know. They're they're a mess, and I think that they know that their season for like is basically over. It's not panning out the way that a lot of the hype was coming in on. Josh McDaniels, I don't know if he really deserves a job. They're saying that they are sticking with him and totally backing him here. I don't like it. It's gross. I think I lean Denver here, but uh, again, like not a fun matchup. No, and talking about two teams that are just going in the wrong direction. Before the season, we thought that both could be playoff contenders, and now they are yeah. contenders again. The only game where Ross is going to be back going, let's Broncos country, let's ride. Like they're going to win by one point, and he's going to be a cornball about it. They're going to win like 17 16. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. What a weird, yeah. what a yeah. weirdo. All right. Let's get to what I think is the best game of the day Dallas minus one and a half at Minnesota Vikings, total set at 47 and a half. I'll tell you this before we start. This was the single bet, biggest bet that I've made on a Monday this year. And I bet the Dallas Cowboys, money line. It was a pick and when I did it to win mm-hmm. this game. They are going to absolutely destroy the Minnesota Vikings really? in this game. I think that they'll win by two touchdowns. Oh, okay. <laughs> I disagree. Okay. Pretty strong. And not strongly. I just think it's outrageous to me that Minnesota is an underdog at home after being on the road two weeks. U.S. Bank is going to be fucking electric. Both these teams are coming off very theatrical overtime games. Dak does not look good if Dak plays like Dak has and Mike McCarthy wants to just blow 14-point leads like to Green Bay. Uh, Like that match, they were relatively – it was like an equal matchup actually. Like they – they were very much in that until the last 20 minutes of the game. Minnesota's the only team that has not lost at home yet. I think there's something to them being at US Bank. I don't know. I'm starting to buy into this team and I'm losing that lucky. I'm not, I'm I'm starting to buy into them. I am. I'm not gonna say then also victory lap the fact that you and I called the Green Bay five and a half. So that also needs to be yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, for this game, I will say I'll be looking for Alexander Madison rushing props. Dalvin just came off a really big game. They tend to give him, like, ease him back in if he's coming off of one of these, like, 81-yard touchdown games. They also involve Alexander Madison, like, way more at home than they do when they're on the road. Um, I think you see him this game, and I'm sure that line's going to be very low. I don't know. I I, I could see Dallas winning this game. I think that's why this line looks like this. But what do you think about the total? Total of 47 and a half, probably towards the under in this one. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to lock mm-hmm. up on D against the Minnesota Vikings. I think they'll win like 28-14, 28-17, something like that. If we, if Minnesota wins, like, I don't know how we like bet against them. I'm just, I'm going to keep doing it. They've won seven straight one-score games. They got lucky mm-hmm. as shit to win the game in Buffalo. 
They still have their eight and one, and they have a negative yard yard per play differential. Mm-hmm. This team is the biggest fraud. Also, in terms of point differential for the entire season, going back 50 years, there's been like 60 teams or something like that that have been eight and one in the NFL. They have the second worst point differential of all of those teams. This is the biggest eight and one fraud team that you will ever see. Dallas Cowboys are coming off of a disastrous loss. Everybody's down on them. Everybody is high on the Minnesota Vikings. They've won seven straight. They just beat the Buffalo Bills. This is the time you fade all of the narratives. The Dallas Cowboys are going to walk into U.S. Bank Stadium and win this game. I will. This is like, this is like all of my gambling juices like come to a head here. I'm just like, okay, this is exactly why you bet. This is the perfect spot to Dallas loses. Dallas, just like I felt with the Eagles, Dallas loses one of their next two games. Those games are Minnesota at home. I mean, Minnesota at U.S. Bank on the road. And then Giants at home on Thanksgiving. I like, I, I like the Minnesota buy this week and then the fade on Thanksgiving. That's sneaky. I like I, that. They will lose one of these two games. I could see, like, you're kind of selling me on, like, Dallas coming in. And, like, they do this. Where every single year we see them. They have really – they have a bad beat. And then we all get super down on them. Dallas fans are crying on Twitter. And then the next game they come out and they just blow a team up. Let's just remember that last year the Dallas Cowboys walked into U.S. Bank Stadium with Cooper Rush and beat this exact same team. Mm-hmm. This is a terrible, terrible matchup for the Minnesota Vikings. The Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game, and they're going to win it running away. Men and Giants right. are them on Thanksgiving at Jerry World. All right, and we will be tweeting this clip the day after Thanksgiving when we predict both of these. All right, three more games on the board. Cincinnati Bengals minus four at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Total set at 41. I bet the Steelers at plus five just because I thought it'd be getting good value. It looks like I did. But otherwise, I really don't have an opinion on this game. The Steelers suck. I really don't want to be buying them after win versus the Saints. And the Bengals, you know, coming off of a bye, should be in a good spot. Jamar Chase doesn't look like he's going to be back this week, but probably the week after. I kind of like the over 41 in this game a little bit. So do I. I feel weird about this game just because I've been kind of not fully bought into Cincinnati entirely. They're just a little like too up and down for me. They are coming off the bye and pits off a win granted like to the Saints. It's not like that's so cool. I'm again happy for them. I think, you know, we talked about it where like TJ Watt is that he's that game changer. Like that makes a massive difference. Um, I think that their defense just played what we're used to. They were able to hold the Saints to 186 yards. Um, Cincinnati's a different beast, though. And last year, Cincinnati spanked Pitt like both times that they saw them. Divisional game home underdog, like you want to take Pitt here. Like that's what I should do. Am I going to yeah. do it? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I might stay with it. I'm interested to see if there's a revenge factor because in week one, the Steelers snuck out that game against the Bengals in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. This game goes can, over. It got to go over. over it's going over. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, let, let's get to Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs minus six and a half at the Chargers. Total set at 50 and a half. Six and a half point underdogs for the Chargers? I mean, we just saw what they did against San Francisco on the road. Like, they may not be a good team right now, but they're not getting blown out at this point in the season. Looks like you might have Keenan Allen back. You might have Mike Williams back. Obviously, those two would make a huge difference on that offense. They're still beat up all over the place, but six and a half at home. I know there's no home field advantage, but fucking still, <laughs> I got to take the Chargers in this one. God damn it, me too. I think, and I don't <laughs> want to do it. 
I don't want to do it because I've been so negative about this team. I think getting at least one weapon back would be beautiful for Herbert. He has obviously needed that. A lot of this comes down, I think, to coaching. It's been a lot of very his poor play calling. But I think they've it's also started to improve. Like, you know, they just lost to the 49ers, what, 22 to 16. That's not yeah. that's still a close game. And also historically, the Chargers do play pretty well against the Chiefs. They're not getting blown out like they did twice this like earlier this season. So I'm with you. I think I, I like the Chargers side here. What's the total again? 15 and a half. I don't that sound I like the under. Yeah, I like the under too. It seems a little <laughs> bit high. Yeah, I, know when, you know, I know when these teams get together, there's usually fireworks, but 15 and a half for the way that the Chargers are playing offense right now. That seems a little dicey for me, so I'll take the under. Maybe maybe under first half, like under 26 and a half first half or something like that. Maybe a better play than for the game, yeah. but uh, I'm definitely on the under as well. Uh, Chiefs, you, I mean, maybe you want to use them as a teaser piece. I mean, I don't really like going from six and a half down to zero. You're better off doing it money line, but mm-hmm. not the worst idea in the world if you want to play a teaser piece on Kansas City. Uh, speaking of a teaser piece, let's get to Mexico. San Francisco 49ers minus eight at the Arizona Cardinals, or I guess in Mexico, not at the Arizona Cardinals. Total set at 43 and a half. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this goddamn game? Uh, I take San Francisco minus two as a teaser piece. I don't know what to expect traveling to Mexico. San Francisco off of a win. Arizona off of a win. Arizona's offense looks better with Colt McCoy than it does with Kyler Murray. Because Colt McCoy is a... He's one of the greatest backup quarterbacks in the league, and he doesn't get enough love. Like, he did this. He came in around this time when he was a New York Giant, and he beat the Seattle Seahawks. Like, he is a very good – he can get the job done. And I don't – like, I'm not really worried about the quarterback factor in this as much as, like, I'm just worried about the Cardinals in general. Um, Interested to see how much more they involve Trey McBride this game. His numbers might be interesting. That line will probably be very low, probably something that you can take now before they get smart. I don't know. I can't take the I can't take the four. I'm not taking I can't take the 49ers. I don't know what the Cardinals, so I don't know what to do here. I mean, the Cardinals, if Kyler's healthy, and there's a chance that they get Hollywood Brown this week. He is activated off really? YR. He has a yeah, it just happened right before we hopped on the podcast. So <laughs> Hollywood Brown is uh eligible to come back this week as early as Monday night football and playing this game. I'll be interested to see what that looks like whenever he comes back. Kyler at plus eight, just like that back door is so easy to get open. I don't That's know if San Francisco's gonna I don't know if San Francisco is going to be able to score, you know, 30 points in this game to cover the eight. So I, I, you know, I, I talked myself into it. I feel relatively comfortable taking the Cardinals at plus eight. I think San Francisco wins by somewhere between four and seven. And uh, I think San Francisco gets it done on the teaser at minus two also. Yeah. This game and the Kansas city Chargers game, they both scream backdoor cover. They scream it. It's going to happen. All right. That does it for, that does it for gambling with gold. Uh, NFL Week 11 betting preview. We will be back on Friday with Joey with our best bets. Remember to play Daily Dozen every day uh, for your chance to win a Joe Burrow mini helmet that is signed. $12 bonus if you use the code Daily Dozen if you've never played with us before. We also have three seven six contests going on this weekend. And stay tuned for Thanksgiving. We are debuting a new live product, which you guys are going to absolutely love, especially if you love betting on the NBA. Some more to come on that news. Until then, good luck with all of your bets for Thursday Night Football, and we will talk to you guys soon. See ya. See ya.